the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Fair winds and following seas to you, my friends. I'm Ellie, playing Dana. I'm Michael with Toilet. Ernesto here with Truco. And I'm Kevin, playing Ruth Skull. And I'm your Dungeon Master, Philip. Thank you for joining us on the Mourners of Lazar. Season two, in the name of Seer, session three. For tonight's background question, what is your normal daily routine? How has it changed since you began adventuring? Well, before I started adventuring, I spent, gosh, is it six years in the war? Was it seven? I've lost track, but I'm used to my daily routine being one where you get up in the morning and just, uh, you take care of yourself to get ready for the day, you know? Um, on the front, that meant you get yourself properly cleaned up. You make sure you're wearing fresh clothes as you're able. You get something to eat. You make sure you're ready to go out there and do your job. But after I um, left Seer, then I wasn't in the army anymore and things changed a little. And oh, I still like to wake up early and get myself cleaned up and put on fresh clothes if I had any. But my routine changed at that point more to one of just trying to start the day by getting ready for it on the inside. And I've never been one to uh to look much to the sovereigns or the flamer or, or the six or anyone like that but i like to start my day getting a clear head getting centered you know if i can look out a window and just sit and think about the day ahead try to think about what what i'm bringing to it and boy it was hard to do that on the storm reaver there's never a lot of privacy on ships to begin with but on that one well there was less than none, so I was a little out of sorts for, for a long time. And now that we've landed ashore and now that I've got my own cabin for the foreseeable future, I'm looking forward to that routine, getting back on track and just having some quiet in the morning to center myself ready for the day and whatever it brings, because <laughs> boy, does it bring enough these days. But well, that's nothing new. Well, it's, it's always nice to be in the captain's cabin. I was there at one point myself, but at least for the time being, I don't. we're not officially officers yet. We haven't had a speech with all of the crew, so, well, I'm still stuck to that darn snoring shifter. I think he's got a few too many nose hairs. And so every time I wake up in the morning, there he is acting as my alarm clock about three feet away from me. The hammocks are so close. So I rolled out, and being as short as I am, uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a difficulty to get out of the hammock. But often ahead I go, and, well, it's always an uneasy time for me now. Ever since we were press-gained, as I keep having this sneaking suspicion that someone's following me, and there Junda Sudak will be with a billy club really ready to wallop me, and I'll 
that's how I'll go down. I'll just be sitting there like a man who's just had a swirly and all of my fame and all of my glory will be surpassed by this treacherous ending. And that's what I'll be remembered for. But uh, that only happens sometimes. So, you know, sometimes it's just a regular piss. But well, oh man, if uh, old man, if you sleep as well as I do, everyone has to notice it, right? If I have a routine in my lifetime, which is, I would say, at, at my early days, at least in the morning side, I was just recalling where I was. <laughs> and, and if I, wherever I was sleeping was dangerous, and if I had to escape wherever it was. Now, at the sea life, my first my first time being at at the sea and just getting this notion of the soul that a ship has and and the way that at least for what i understood from my first captain the way that you can influence their ship's interactions with you through speech right and i really got into that it was uh, it's a really nice experience i also recall that my early days, I mean, as a, as a child in, in Metro, I remember I had, a, I found in the street, like a, some form of of a dragon plushie or a dragon toy of some sort that I found on the street and I was really happy about it. And I remember falling asleep with it and telling it uh, things about my day, things about what I was doing and how things were uh, for me. And I felt so nice doing that uh, at the time. So then I thought I could do the same, but with the ship and tell, tell the ship about my day and how I felt and the things that I think we should, uh, uh, where we should be heading and, and how, uh, also, also asking the ship how it was feeling. So I got this custom or routine to just every time I'm going to sleep, like sleeping already, just maybe close eye eyes closed and some mumblings to the ship and just try to ask her or he depending on how was the day how how things are going and also to talk about my day and to speak how the awesome the awesome things that i'm doing so sometimes i do that at night by and like next to the deck or sometimes i do that just before i sleep but i like to do that daily um he well, does it nice. right next to me at times too yeah, yeah i mean uh, sorry for that. Well, at least one of us is getting a decent sleep. That's that's such a luxury. I don't remember the last time I've had a good sleep. I usually spend the first few minutes of my morning just kind of remembering where it is that I am and how I got here. I guess the thing that's most changed since I began adventuring is really more about what I stopped doing from being in the, the Air Corps. But some things don't change. I'm still a wizard. I still have to spend uh, a little bit of every morning. I'll break open the, the false stone where my, my spell shard's hiding and re-memorize all my spells, all the combinations, all the power words. Uh, and then I'll tend to the wands, make sure that I still have a connection to them as well. Uh, so if that ever stops, then I can point fingers at people, but ain't gonna do nearly as much damage. After that, though, man, I don't remember what a routine feels like. You know, we got press ganged and it was morning duties, lunch, evening duties, 
dinner and grog in the galley. Now uh, we're on our own ship, and I feel like we haven't really got settled in on that yet. We were just happy to leave it back to, to shore of any kind. So still figuring that part out, the routine bit. I'm sure we'll settle into something. We're pretty good at that. Thank you for that. And Dana, you have the recap for this week. Well, we made it and we're in good shape. Old Rickety Hake says it's going to take about a week to get the ship repaired and squibbed, so we've had some time to ourselves in port, though it's uh, it's more of a small settlement than, than what you'd call a port, but it's good to be on solid ground, a friendly place, and well, we've all embraced it differently. Old Torlin decided he wanted to look the part of a gentleman of the sea. And so he went and he got his uh, he got his coat fancied up and he got his beard trimmed real nice. Old man's looking sharp. Truco, as usual, got himself into uh, some trouble. Well, I, I think he's fine. Maybe got Albert into some trouble. Russ mentioned something that Truco and Albert were stationed fights, trying to scam some bets out of the crowd. I think Truco thought that Albert would help him throw the fights in a more uh, genteel fashion. But, uh, my friend there's got a few new bruises on his face. He underestimated Albert, or maybe overestimated him. Either way. <laughs> right after we got to, to Rickety's the next morning, I decided to have a little spar with Russ and See what he's made of if he's going to be the ship's master at arms. I've not seen him in a lot of close scrapes. We sparred and we had a little chat. and He's, he's in fine fight and form, but I'm worried his head's not quite on as, as right as it might need to be. I don't know how to help him with that, and I don't think he wants me to, but he says he's in his happy place following orders, and well, I can give him. <laughs> Turns out word around the docks was later on he went to Rickety and asked to to get work on the ship while we're docked in port. He wants to spend his vacation fixing the ship. Sounds like old Rickety doesn't think his head's quite right on either, but gave him some work. It's keeping him busy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was doing some work of my own, waiting in the tavern after putting word out to see if we could find any crew. We lost, uh, we lost one of our crew mates, Serena, former Formerly the Griffin, no surprise there, we uh, did not meet on good terms. But by the end of a couple of days, I met two more folks who agreed to came on board. These uh, these Korifar twins, man and woman, Shastrin and Sine, and uh, I really bungled that pitch. I'm going to have to get a bit better at selling our crew on, on uh, being a good place to be, but for some reason... They agreed. Well, Shastrin agreed. I don't know don't know about his sister, but they come as a pair, so I'll take it. Meanwhile, old Torlin was having a little heart-to-heart with Truco. He told me that uh, he doesn't like feeling indebted, and he feels indebted to how Truco helped him during the mutiny. Turns out all Truco wanted from old Torlin was to uh, give him a better stage name for his fights with Owlbear. Torlin doesn't understand him any more than I do, but if that's what the man wants, that's what the man wants, and we put it to use later. Truco want us to tell another story like we did in the tavern the night before. Uh, 
you know, he's he's a real good showman getting us to pretend to fight and getting Russ to send up some pyrotechnics to tell the story of the mutiny on the griff and the crowd loved it. I think the story might follow us for a while. And then we went back inside, had a drink, decide we're going to hit up Cliff Scrape next because we can't crew or resupply properly here. And, well, there's still a couple days left before the ship's done. And we've mostly done what we came here to do aside from that, but uh, it's bedtime on the 18th of Olaroon, and uh, it's going to be at least one more hard day before we leave Rickety Swebs. Thank you, Port of Clarification. Actually, the session would have ended last time at the close of the 17th. Come morning time, it would be the 18th. They all gathered around and Torland told the stories. Well, actually, no, it wasn't Torland this time. It, uh, was there any continued conversations that y'all wanted to have as a group after you, uh, you know, did all that stuff last night? Was there more that you needed to talk about about the ship or anything? I don't have anything for the group in particular, but Torland is rather interested with the one brellish individual that we picked up off the Majestic Griffin. I don't even know her name. No wonder why she left. But uh, what about Moira Mathrod and Ajar? And how are they feeling about things? And who now as well? He'd, he'd also just want to inquire about their origins and how they got out here to the principalities. AJR, Moira, and then now um, all three of them were original crew members of the Majestic Griffin. Which was a Brella ship. So Torlin just thinks there might yeah. be a connection he might be able to leverage there. Sure. You seek him out in the commons. So they're uh, all sitting together, the three of them, and I grab uh, a brace of uh, brandy and uh, bring them over, <laughs> slam them down on the table. Y'all don't mind if I join you for a moment. Oh, well, thanks. Come. You're, you're quite the storyteller, eh? A little bit. It's been a long time since I've seen anybody from Breland around and... Well, none of you ever came and introduced you, yourselves while I was hogtied to that mast up on the quarterdeck. So I thought I'd introduce myself. That wasn't our business. You came to the ship that way. Well, first I came a different way, and I think maybe one of you, one or two of you might have gotten a, a hard knock on the head from me, so I wanted to apologize about that. It was one of those situations where if we didn't go along with the Storm Reavers, then we would have been, had a cutlass at the back. You know, and now it kind of pipes up and he's like, you know, as much of a cur Mr. Logger was, I could tell that Mika Rockface was far worse. I don't hold it against you. I, in some ways, yeah. Y'all think I mean, there's, uh, a, there's a reason we joined too. I, I. I hear that Serena is going to be leaving the ship and staying here, sitting on with old rickety squibs. You hear much about that? A reasoning? Moira kind of pipes up and, and just says, uh, you know, when she signed on to his ship, she had no desire or expectation to experience as much excitement as she's experienced in the last week. Uh, she's kind of had her fill and would kind of prefer to be landbound. Y'all were aboard a merchant vessel, weren't you? Supplied ship, yeah. So, we might be getting into some different sorts of action, and you all are still on board with that? 
think so at this point. Still not uh, completely clear what you all are up to, what we're getting ourselves into. Well, that's a conversation, I suppose, that the captain would eventually want to have with the rest of the crew. I won't spoil it, but uh, I do believe that we're going to be looking for some land around the principalities. Uh, after we get established, make a reputation for ourselves. At least for myself, I'm going to be put my name in for first mate and doing my best to look after the crew's interests as best as I can. Well, getting a sight clarity on what it is that we're up to and kind of pays expected would be a good thing. I pay. As as far as the crew's interests, of course, pay is up amongst them. The three of you are, are Brelish, are you not? Are there individuals back home that we need to be I'm making actually, sure that they get I'm actually dues. Thrainish. Thrainish. That was who now kind of pipes up. Well, Breland Thrain, uh, Torland's a little bit disgruntled that he's uh, <laughs> Thrainish. There's still some wartime jingoism sure. buried under there. So he kind of turns, speaks to Moira and Ajar. <laughs> Thrainish, Relish. We're all far away from those lands at this point, but are there family that you need to send shares of your earnings home to that we need to arrange for? We'll arrange for, for that kind of stuff. We're going to make sure that the pay is worth staying on board. All right. Well, listen, if, if something does come up and there is some grievance that you have or you're not satisfied with the way that things are being set up for how the ship's going to be run, you come to me. Uh, it sounds like Serena had her mind up, but if it's a situation where one of you are going to take off from the ship, you can come to me first and we can come to some sort of compromise. I'm sure about it. So far from what I've seen, Captain Dana seems a damn sight better than Mr. Lagra or Mika Rockface. So we'll... I, I, she's a shake. good lass. Uh, the captain, she's a good woman. She'll do right by you. So Dorlin will cheers to the health of Serena and Breland, and Thrain, and, and wrap things up here. Okay. I gave you a penny for your uh, wartime jingoism against Thrain. That was pretty, that was a nice little touch there. <laughs> so the next day comes, the 18th Bolaroon. Is there anything more that any of you were interested in taking care of? You, you know, your downtime activities are still going on because they're going to carry on for the whole week, right? So of course, Truco is still training Albear and Russ is working for Rickety. Dana was up to downtime activity, wasn't she? Down, Dana's downtime, uh, funny with the question tonight for background, was uh, centering. Right. And aside from that, is there any anything any of you were interested in in particular? Yeah, um, Russ is going to want to go get his jacket mended at some point uh, sure. when he's not working for Rickety. So it'd be in the evening, either early in the morning or late in the evening. Not necessarily late in the evening, but early evening, because they get started early in the morning. Okay. And after he gets off his, his shift helping out, he'll head over to uh, Saul, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, the name I yeah. gave, yeah. You know, bring in his jacket and just kind of put it up and ask how much it would take to get it mended. Why, this is not too bad a, a tear here. I think we can uh, fix it quite, quite well. Some pretty durable material. All right. What's uh, what's the damage? What do I owe you? Seven sovereigns. All right. We'll just give him a whole a whole roundup 
to the nearest 10 and go up to a Galifier. You know, I trust okay. he's going to do it well. And, uh, do you want me to come by, swing by? Is it will be done by tomorrow? You want me to come back and pick it up? Oh, man, I got to work on some of the uh, sales. So give me two nights. All right, two nights. I'll be back here. Uh, we're back here two nights from now. All right, got it. That's all I got. So, um, after I can see the conversation starting to wind down that Torlin's having with Moira and you now, I walk over and and greet them. You two doing okay here? Ah, we were just talking about you. Why don't you have a seat? Oh, it's I'm... a little bit early, but I had just gotten them some ales. I I can't stay very long. I I was hoping to uh to chat with you separately, Torlin, but Mora, now, you settling in okay? Not running into any trouble in port? Not settling into anything. This port just waiting for the ship. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Well, if you need anything else while you're here, you know where to find me, yeah? You're not hard to find in a small place like this. <laughs> right. Well, like I said, if you need anything more while you're here, you let me know. Torlin, can I have a minute? Hi, where to, Captain? And I start walking, like, all the way to the back of the inn and just go straight up to my room where we can just talk privately. And I shut the door and uh, and pull out my sea chest to sit on and gesture to Torlin to, to find himself a seat somewhere else. And I'll sit in that nice mahogany chair over there opposite you. Fine timber. <laughs> well, you're a gentleman of the sea now, old man. You look the part, you might as well sit in a nice chair. Well, it wasn't one of the rocking chairs that I used to sit in when you're uh, a wee lass, but it'll do. Yeah. So, um, Torlin, there's something I've been wanting to ask you. What's on your mind? You're giving me some trepidation here. Out with it. Oh, it's it's nothing to do with you. Well, not, not really, but kind of, Um, I know you don't like talking about the promise you made to Grandpa Rickard and I've I've never wanted to pry because that's that's your business but Torlin more time people, stories you understand no, it's, it's not it's not that it's not that Torlin people don't get dragon marks like mine unless they're part of a bloodline is there something about my family you know that you're not telling me Torlin leans back in the chair and looks Dana up and down at her cheek, at her brow. Your great-grandfather was part of the the Danieth mercenary crew. A lot of them worked in Breland because, of course, in the early stages of the war, a lot of the activities of the house were over in Karnath. And they didn't want to send their their warriors against each other in battle. So they didn't send them to the eastern front of Seer. They sent them to the eastern front of Breland and the northern front of Breland. And it was like a, a hodgepodge of gerrymandering was how they did it. Uh, uh, arranging the fronts and all of these and lines and stuff. Anyways, I'm, I'm getting to it. There is three generations between you and him. I see this weighs on you heavily. I knew your great-grandfather well. He didn't have a dragon mark. I knew your, your grandfather. I knew your father only a little bit in passing. None of them had dragon marks. I, I 
I can't help you, Dana. What do you want me to say? Did you know my mother? Not that I know of. Guess it goes back further than that then, because, um, you tell me if you knew something, right? Unless it posed some sort of danger to you, for very good reason. Unless it was important for my vow, then of course I would. And I'm being honest with you. Well, you're being careful is what you're being. I know that my grandfather and my father didn't have a dragon mark. It's not the answer to my question, but it's the one you're giving me. So as long as there's not any danger, I trust you. Just um, thought it might be nice if, if it turned out there was some, uh, some spare family out there somewhere, you know? But I've still got you, and I reach out and I squeeze his hand. Dorland's got a really confused look on his face, but uh, he accepts the gesture. You uh, sure you're doing all right there, kiddo? Yeah, I'm fine. I was, I've just been. Uh, I thought that you were about... fine with the, the emergence of all of that. You saved one of the crew with it. It's a good thing, isn't it? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Not saying it's a bad thing. Like I said, I was just wondering if there was anyone else out there. Was all. If there's not, there's not. And like I said, I've still got you. So, let's get back to work for the day, yeah? And I smile and kind of slap him on the shoulder and get up. Torlin is watching you carefully. And I don't know, from your body language, what am I getting out of this? Because you don't seem very satisfied to me with this conversation. I think you know Dana well enough to see that she's gone into... uh Okay, well, that's that, so I'm gonna... I'm gonna keep going mode. Does she believe me? Do you need him to make a notice check on that? Like she said to you, she knows you didn't actually answer the question. We're very careful about what you said as truth. She knows it would have held lots of scrutiny in the zone of truth without answering the question. Well, that doesn't sound like an explanation of body language, but... uh... All right, let's continue on. I'll give you both a penny for that. I so kind of want you to roll early for your downtime roll with Albert so we can figure out how things are actually going. But until we make the roll, how are things going with Albert, Truco? Well, great in the sense of a lot of good publicity and a lot of people coming in to the fights. That's the upside. But the downside, Albert is, is still not getting the idea of uh, what is this all about. So there is a, at nights, like before the stage, like, okay, Oliver, you remember what I said, right? It's, it's you, you do like the punch, but not the punching, right? You, you, you just- Punch! You just, and, he, and he just like <laughs> socks right in the shoulder. <laughs> Oliver, yeah, punch good, yeah, that's, that's, that's good, that's, that's good, buddy. But not with force, like, and I just try, I try to like imitate. And he goes, like, hey, not with force. And he just pets your head. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Over, yeah. That's that's great. But not do, do, do that in stage because that will that will be weird. Just do like that, but with that, you know, like Truco's gesturing, like the petting thing, combining with the punch, like movement, in order to like try to it's explain his, to him. His face is all screwed up, and he's just like really kind of looking at you can you could tell like 
as best he can, he's concentrating very hard, but he's not quite understanding you. Yeah, but for Truco, he's like, you got it? Okay, you got it. Let's go. And it's like, we go to, to the stage and it keeps happening again. I don't know why. Truco is a really good explainer. Also, a little note, after the night of the whole presentation and the whole lot, Truco got a bit wasted and probably was just, uh, waking up on a ceiling in the facility, like on a, on a ceiling of, of, a, of a house the next day. Just so, it's a flavor so, thing. So the commons is like an old towered mansion. It's kind of fairly clear that at one point in time, this was somebody with money's estate or something. And it's clearly no longer is because the commons has been turned into all the rooms converted and stuff like that. But there's still like a tower that leads up that you find yourself on top of that. Yeah. Just like actually scrunched in between two parapets up at the top. Excellent. Do we know what it's in the top of the tower? Or if you it's... were drunk, you don't know. You don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. All right. But on your way down, it just seems to be more rooms. Okay. Yeah, no, I would say at the morning, Tuga will glance at, from the tower, we'll glance at Hake's mansion. That's where mm -hmm. I'm reading. Right. And she's like, hmm, he's kind of, okay. And she's just acknowledging the place and just getting back uh, on the day ahead. Not doing anything more besides that. Let's see. Dana, give me a notice check, even though you already kind of noticed it. Russ, give me an, either a notice check or a persuasion check, depending on whether you're just watching the people that you're working with or if you're engaging any of the workers in general conversation about stuff. Torlin and Truco, you can either give me notice checks, common knowledge checks, or persuasion checks. Okay. Specifically, depending on what you roll, I'll kind of tell you how this all kind of ties in. I have three choices. I'm sorry, I'm not yeah. sure what the difference is. I'm giving you some information, and depending on what you roll is how you get the information and kind of what you'll get because of that. All right. Well, I like to persuade. Roscoe went with notice and got a five on his wild die. And uh, maybe I have a plus one from my, my networking thing. You would in this case, yes. Or a plus two, since I'm a bard. Oh. In which case, I'll just go for a, a raise. Or maybe two. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a 10 there if I have that plus two. This isn't networking. Well, I mean, networking is a very specific action. So I guess Streetwise wouldn't kick in here. Well, actually, Streetwise would kick in. Oh, oh nice. Okay. Uh, then I've got a... That was a five on the notice check. But if you'll let me, I'd love to switch over to Persuasion. Sure. That Actually, I, I forgot you had persuasion. I would probably just had you roll persuasion instead. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, I've already established that you're that you're talking to people here, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do a little bit of networking then, and uh, crit fail, right? Come and join me, Rusko. Uh, that's seven. Um, I'm gonna throw one Benny at this for a crit fail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I keep teasing it, and it keeps. Uh, okay, that was a that was a five, but I'll take the seven and be happy with it. Reverse okay. psychology works. I like. I'm gonna set, I'm gonna throw one more Benny at it. Psychology on the die. <laughs> yeah, that's Ooh. an ace on the D four for a nine. There it is. There's the raise. All right. Whew. Tempting okay, fate Russ tonight. Got a nine. Truco with another check uh, with a four. What Dana, Dana got? Nate on her notice. Eight on her notice. 
so this is all kind of this is all going to kind of come in you guys end up in the early evening after russ is kind of done with his work you guys end up sharing some notes and talking about some stuff it kind of starts with you noticing i mean you did notice last night uh talking to Sade and uh shastron dana that your pitch didn't go over real well with them and it didn't quite land on some, you know, especially when you kind of went into like, we're going to create a good family here. We're going to treat you well. That should be reason enough to come on the ship. And that really didn't seem to land well with them. You got at some point, there was some sort of twinkle in Shastron's eye that you didn't, weren't fully clear about or anything like that, but it seemed to kind of sway him and stuff. But it was kind of clear that it wasn't your pitch that necessarily swayed him. Uh, you still kind of got to like suss things out with him going on. Uh, but it was very clear that Sade followed her brother. Russ did persuasion. Torland did persuasion as well. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. With the rings. Um, Truco got a notice. And Truco, from your time in the Lazar, you really notice, uh, you've kind of noticed this era because it, in a certain degree, it fits with your survival mentality. The, the culture here in the Lazar is very much, you get what you can take and you can hold what you take. It's a very free-spirited mentality here in the Lazar, but it's also a very hard perspective. That's kind of like one thing you've, you've noticed in general about Lazarites. And Russ, you talking to a bunch of people around working on the ship. The, some of the conversations you have are very reminiscent of the conversation you had with Sandara, right? That just mm -hmm. kind of like rocked you for a moment of like, Oh yeah, she's she's not helpless. She can take care of herself and she believes that she can. And everybody here believes that they can. And particularly the ships that tend to come here are almost all dealing in some sort of piracy or privateering or something like that. And people are expecting shares and expecting shares. What they mean by that is they're expecting to attack other vessels and to gain plunder and get a share of that plunder. And so you know, in Torland, you get some of the, some of the same as you're talking to different people and checking with some of the existing crew and stuff. There's definitely a sentiment of if you're going to provide shares to crew, they are expecting that you are going to go out and take some loot, so capture some vessels, do something that's going to make the shares worthwhile. Or you're just going to hire general crew members for a regular wage, but then Conversely to that, the sense you really get talking to people, Torlin, is it's certainly a cheaper route to a certain degree, but also when they do that, those kind of people don't expect to attack other vessels. So as you kind of all are getting together and, and share notes kind of that kind of like cropped out of this experience with Sade and Sastron last night, you're really kind of seeing that you kind of have these, these two choices or options around crews, either paying your crew, but they may not expect to attack anything and may not be super thrilled about that kind of a privateering route. Or if you go on the privateering route, it's not the noble story that they're interested in. It's the money that they're gonna make from the shares of the plunder, right? So that's kind of something that you all get and you end up sharing notes on and kind of come filters through with the conversations you all start having with each other as the evening comes around, yeah. heading in towards uh, dinner well before sunset. Yeah, Truk is more preferring the, la the latter option of plundering and just having a share when talking about this topic. Yeah, and the noble spirit you're speaking to may work on Sirens, but it's not going to work on people native to the Lazar. Now, another thing that's of interest 
at one point, Torland had mentioned something about doing a more representative officership. Is that part of this culture that we're getting to understand here in the Lazarites, where rather than in a ship where there's a boss and there's wages and that's the captain, if it's people coming on with the expectation of it being attacking other vessels, if it's more of a equal footing amongst the officers and the crew. And uh, give me a common knowledge check around that stuff. Also, I would say there is a third option, which is how we can we got press gang it, which is we just kidnap people. Yes. Yeah. Hey, that's a great no, idea, no. Chico. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, that was I out think, of character. I think oh, we'll probably in character. It. No, sorry, I correct myself. That was in character. Yeah. I mean, he's right. It is another. It is actually it's another technically, option. Technically, it's technically, an technically, option. it is. Torland gives you a cuff over that. <laughs> Dana's not here, so I'm just going to do that for. Oh no, she's her here, and she's no, fine she... with you giving Truco a cuff over the head for that. I, kind of I just went over. Hit me. Oh my. <laughs> All right, I rolled a six for the common knowledge, and then a Benny did for an eight. <laughs> Yeah, you've been around on the sea long enough in general, and you and Dana so far have spent enough time here in the Lazar that it's not a black and white yes or no. It really kind of depends upon the principality. Like clearly the Cloud Reavers, no, it's it, top down, crew doesn't get much of a say kind of thing. Uh, but it is absolutely not unheard of in some of the principalities that are more... How does Prince Riger run things? Prince Riger, his ships, uh, the crews, you have heard that the crews have, the quartermaster is voted in by the crew as a representative among the officers of the crew. However, Rygar took his place by force, his seat on the throne of the, the sea dragon throne by force. So you mm. kind of suspect that there might be a little bit of both going on there. Yeah. Well, Truco, you deserve that smack from Torlin. I have no intention of this ship being a ship of bullies. And, and that means not thinking that. that, yeah, we're going to defend ourselves and we're going to attack when we need to. But I also have no intention of making a habit on preying on people out of turn just because we can or because certain folks might expect that. There's plenty of people here who will take a wage for things like transport and smuggling and other such things. And in case you've all forgotten, the Majestic Griffin used to be a cargo ship flying under the Relish flag and the people's crew and her were perfectly happy with that. She also got snagged by pirates, I'm just saying. Which is why I said, we'll defend ourselves when we need to and we'll attack when we need to, but I don't have any desire for us to be making a habit of the latter just for, because we can. I have to wonder, there are a number of privateers in the Scion Sea, and, well, there's these different principalities. What if someone like Mika Rockface gets a bounty on her head, and we come in, and we accept a job? Then we're solving both puzzles with uh, one mind. I, I would not mind one bit uh, taking jobs to go pirate hunting or reaver hunting. That's... Hell, that's what a lot of the Navy used to do. Got me in a lot of trouble. On which end? I told you the story of how I wound up in the Syrian prison camp. Is, Refresh uh, my memory. Oh, there was a, <laughs> a pirate from Lazar that was a terror upon the high seas. Just up north past the Dreadhold. 
the northern phase. What was his name? Ah, for a civis gnome to help me with my bookkeeping. It's fine, Uncle. Don't worry about it. It's a good idea, though. So just for additional clarity, kind of something that came out that you spoke to, Dana. Um, when crew are hired based on shares, they generally expect and want more profitable returns because they're not going to get paid as often. So kind of the general census that you're hearing, going around and just transporting people from one location to the other, sailors aren't going to work for shares for that kind of thing. This could easily be destructured as some discussion with Torlin and Dana here. But Phil was just saying that if we have crew that are working for wages, you're not going to want to go and attack another ship. They're probably going to be less skilled in combat. Certainly we could try and train them. And it's probably going to also be harder to find said crew. We're willing to put their lives on the line for privateering action, privateering profit. Yeah, I mean, the other option is to not find Lazarites and just find people from Seer, right? There will be more win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's op that's options on the table. Like, I think it's not a thing that everyone we're going to be finding in a big port like Cliff Scrape is from the Lazar, you know, kind of born and bred and buying into it all. Potentially so. So um, as you're all kind of walking towards the comments from uh, having connected with Russ from the dry dock, everybody give me a notice check. You're all kind of hanging out together at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, decent roll. That's 17. a three for Torlin. Did mine roll? Oh, that's an 11 for Dana. Pick up the slack. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Save some for the rest of us. This is the part where that, I get, I get the drop knock, on me. That mm -hmm. knock on the head, like really. <laughs> it really woke him you up. up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I didn't mean to hit you so hard, but uh, maybe <laughs> it'll help even out that smushed-in nose. Hopefully, it doesn't make is your it? snoring worse oh. either. Oh no! I don't want that. My beautiful face. No. Rascal got a five. What did everybody else get? Eleven. Eleven from Dana. Nothing what worth noting for Torlin. <laughs> what Truco get? No, 17. I was, I did not. Um, so yeah, so over towards like back towards the, the dry dock, your eyes are kind of caught. You see a bunch of commotion by some people kind of like perking up and moving back away towards behind the dry dock. Clearly something's happened, but you're not quite sure what. Dana and Truco, you both hear a scream that's kind of cut off way off into the distance away on the outside of town like in the forest someplace over up in this direction mm -hmm. truco in particular you hear kind of some further screaming as somebody is coming back towards the settlement and you see some people kind of rushing out truco out of curiosity is gonna run towards that I'm going to run after Truco because I also heard the screams and I've uh, I've got my, my hand ready on, on drawing my sword. Sure. Rascal will certainly follow. Where the hell is everybody going? Come on, old man. There's noise happening. There's a commotion. Might be what? a scuffle. I didn't hear anything. I'm just I'm just going to run till I, till I see someone um, else. You run past the kind of the dry dock area in the opening area and you see out of the woods coming one of the guys that you did some logging with. Russ is running out. 
Truco, you would actually notice that he's got some blood splattered on the front of his tunic. And he looks very frightened. Right? Is there hey, anyone whoa, else? Whoa, whoa. And he's hauling ass towards you. Okay. Where are you going? I'm kind of moving. Trolls! There's a trolls! He got us while we're logging! Trolls? Trolls? How many? <laughs> um, he's he's really just kind of like freaking out and discombobulated. Give me a persuasion roll to see if you can kind of calm he's him down. He's going into asthmatic attack. He's kind of hacking and... And Dana has a plus one from Heroic Stats, but that doesn't get me a difference. I'll stick with the nine. So it takes you a moment. He can just kind of pauses. It's like, there was a troll kind of jumped out and uh, attacked us while we're logging. Took two of us down. He had a hound with him. Okay, okay. Is there right, anyone hound I haven't seen before. Was there anyone else still alive when you when you came out? I, I don't know. I, I ran for it. How many of there were you? There's three of us. Okay. What, yep. What's going on here? You see, Rickety's, Rickety's walking up. This man says there's trolls attacking the loggers. See, his eyes kind of go big. You normally we get trouble like this. About that. Trooper's going out. They've been a problem before? There might be people in trouble. Let's go. We can do we oh. can do backstory stuff later. Sure, we're just going to need some torches is all. There's still sun out. It's not nighttime yet. It, the right. sun hasn't come down yet. Does Dana oh, they may not still know need him in case it does troll? get to that point. What does that mean? I think she wants uh, fire to other, stop troll generations. In other lore trolls, you, you need fire to stop to kill a troll. Give me a common knowledge check. Minus, minus one. All my years uh, swapping war stories. And I've if never anyone, Torlin would, would make a check for this because he's umbrella next to Drown. Sure. There's a common knowledge minus one. That's an ace on the... That is a 10 for Dana. Six for Torlin. Yeah, you know, trolls are pretty susceptible to fire and they have a nasty habit of regenerating otherwise. Right. Go, I'll catch up. Rickety, I need some torches or oil or something. And that was me yelling at Russ because he's antsy to get there. Just like, go, I'll be right behind you. Malden, get some torches. Get get a couple flasks of oil. Uh, all right. Uh, Russ is going to take off into the woods. Yeah, took already trying to climb some trees to get a better Don't set the forest on fire. Does that mean Torlin's not going with him right away? Sure. I don't. He's, he's I, not a natural born sprinter. <laughs> yeah. Pump those dwarven legs. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as I have a fire handy, I'm going to run after Russ and Truco. Sure. So Russ, Truco are kind of in the lead. Uh, get yeah, me. Truco, Truco is popping off his shifter form which makes him faster yes remember though your shifter form only lasts like 30 seconds to a minute generally so it's pretty short duration yeah yeah. i mean i don't know at which distance will be the trolls or i will wait okay yeah yeah i will wait for that yeah yeah probably the census you're probably not going to shift until you at least locate yeah entering combat yeah certainly in the time that torland's waiting he is actually doing a little serenade for the fellas with the flasks of oil and and Dana and himself as well to, to boost our athletics so we can get there a little bit quicker. Athletics wouldn't help you get there quicker because that's based on pace. Oh, how do I increase my pace? Uh, you can't do it with a boost trait. Could he add hurry to it? Because I believe that's I just a general that's... modifier. That's what I I've been doing with Mage true. Armor. You can do that. 
yeah. be a slight boost. All right. That's yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's, then speed, uh, speed is generally the power that increases yeah. your pace. Fighting and hurry. Uh, how many? How many targets? Would make sense here. Uh, is Rickety planning to enter the fracas? No, Rickety. Uh, he, he gets your stuff, but he's Rickety's pretty old. He's been around a long time. Again, you're running into the same thing here that your duration is measured in like 30 seconds before you need to start re-upping the duration. All right, I will just, just do Dana myself and and some of our crew that are along for the ride. Take some uh, extras, maybe. I, I didn't know anybody came with you guys. <laughs> Can I spend a penny to say they did? We'll just bring along. Hey, y'all, feel free to skip ahead. I'll figure out who. Let's go ahead and roll this thing. I'll give I'll give you two. Yeah, Unal and and Myra Vathron, because Torlin was just talking to them earlier. So that's hurry is a plus one, and he's just doing three Each extra targets. recipient is a plus one. So it should be uh, five points total. Okay. Can I? Are you doing use... fighting? Yeah, correct. Can I use a Benny to say that Albert is with us as well, or that would be too much? Too much. This all happened pretty quickly, yeah. and yeah, not yeah, everybody yeah. kind of gathered around. So Truco, you can give me a notice check. You can either go for notice or survival if you're trying notice. to follow the tracks to where they were at. Uh, and that was the, the survival was for Russ, I think. Oh, that's, that's a nine. Nine on the notice check. I'm a survivor. That's an ace. That's survivor. a double ace on my wild die for a 15. Survival. No, it's revival. That's the one I was, think I was thinking about. That's another song. Sorry. So when he came running through the forest, he was like, not trying to hide his trail at all or anything like that. He was just like crashing through underbrush and all sorts of kind of stuff. Left just this clear trail through deep divots in the ground, easy to follow, Russ. It takes you a couple minutes to get to the place where they were at. Uh, you find the abandoned wagon that they take with them that kind of hauls their tools and stuff like that. They're just out here just following stuff, coming back later to collect it, delimbing trees and all that kind of stuff here. And you find the scene that they're at. You find a couple spots where there was clearly a fight and a scuffle, big splatters of blood, some trail of some legs kind of being dragged off and these steps going off, uh, large footprints, Russ, as well as some footprints of a large four-legged animal around as well. Must be that hound they were talking about. And it's kind of at that point, Dana and Torlin would have joined you all. It would take you a couple minutes to get there. Torlin, would you try and maintain your spell the whole time to get you there quicker? I'll use all five of my PowerPoints remaining to do so, because it uh, you said a couple minutes. And we will take our evening break right there. And welcome back. So yeah, you all get into the clearing. Russ has a trail on where the trolls may have gone off to. What's next? Well, looks like we got the trail. And uh, there's that dog that that logger was talking about. Haven't done yeah. any scouting down there, though. So we keep following the trail. All right. Is there any particular order that you're moving in? 
If there is a steel forest, Trigo will probably try to keep up on the trees, if possible. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely lots of trees, and it does, it's heading up in this area. It's kind of like growing up, not to a mountain peak by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a hill and it's very wooden, stuff like that, providing some protection to the settlement. So you guys are going in no particular order, other than the Truco being in the trees. Torlin, want to take the front? Oh, I. That sounded like a yes. So who's following the trail? I guess Russ has to, well, I guess Russ has to lead because he's the one leading him down the trail, but Torlin will be right behind him. Dana behind uh, Torlin and Truco in the trees. Everybody sound good I there? I block your view at all. He I'm taking up my the head. back behind Moira and Unel. Oh, yeah. Got to make sure they're safe. Not dragged off anywhere. All right. Uh, so, Torlin, you can give me a... I don't... You're not proficient in survival, are you? Nah. Uh, you can give me a notice roll to support Russ. Russ can give me a survival roll. Truco can give me an athletics roll. All right. It's a three. Not too much help for you, my good fella. Jeez. Well, there's something you don't see every day. Ace on the D10. He's only had two, you know, 15 plus rolls so far this session. Truco's athletics was not a support roll, right? No. Uh, I wish it was. (laughs) So do I. Because that's a crit fail. Oh, I knew it was coming. Yeah, athletics is a role for Naruto running. Well, good thing he didn't spend yeah. the support <laughs> role. So, Trico, the, the trees here are fairly close together. They're not gigantic by any stretch of the imagination, but you're you're a cliff walker shifter, so, I mean, going through the tree chops is not that big of a deal. Yeah. You do it, and you're... It does nothing to help reduce your ego. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Was somebody about to say something? Yeah, I had a, a thought that occurred to me. When we originally found the trail, was there like a point where these individuals got dragged off? Is that what I understand is going on? Yeah, so Russ would have pointed out there was a, a wagon that was abandoned there. Some signs of fighting. There were some footprints that he pointed out. There were large footprints. Are there any sort of like cast aside objects that looked like they belonged to one of these individuals like that got torn in a scuffle or broken or ripped from somebody uh, i mean there's an axe that was thrown aside all right are we far enough away that i should spend a penny to say that i picked up that axe no i'll let you pick it up all right i i will do that but go ahead continue on please with that crit fail Hoo-hoo. Uh, so you get to a spot where you kind of fall on the trail. They, they actually fall on one of the trails that go up the mountainside away from Lookout Promontory. And you come to a place where there's like a river kind of coming through and you've really kind of lost sight of all trail or anything. And, you know, the specks of blood that you were following initially just really kind of disappear. And everyone else except Russ can give me a notice check or for Truco uh, three for Torlin sound like an ace on Dana's yeah that's a seven for Dana the Shiver ace yeah so oh that's such a New cool map. map I thought you guys might like the, this yeah. map why does, oh, why wow. does Moira have a better hat than I do <laughs> oh that's not cool that's what you notice <laughs> yeah that's really not cool man trees moving the water just gonna have to commission some art, get a better hat drawn on Dana's head. <laughs> so, Shout out to Captain Roscoe. 
so because Truco is quick, he went from a four of diamonds to a five of clubs to a joker. Gladly take a So you're looking from. down, Russ, trying to kind of find the trail, and the crit fail is you're caught completely unawares. In this round, anybody who attacks you is going to have the drop on you because you were find, trying to find the trail. Everybody else, because y'all succeeded on your nose rolls, right? No, Torlin did not. Aina succeeded. Not with the race, though. Yeah, okay. So Torlin won't be acting this turn as well. Both of them in the front. Actually, but I did a crit fail the survival check. <laughs> I love failing on notice rolls before battle. It's a favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just another challenge from the traveler. <laughs> wow. Well, then. Looks like I'm being joined in crit fail hell. Yeah, Moira actually got a crit fail. Truco, from your from your line up in the trees, you actually see kind of across this river, you start seeing this hound. It's got no fur on it whatsoever, really. It's got this like slick back scaly skin, and it's quite large. It's about the size of a, it's about four feet at the shoulder. Just this All huge right. mass. It's just starting to run towards Torlin and Russ. Russ seems to be quite unaware of it. All right. It seems that uh, it doesn't seem like it, it's aware of me, right? So no, I you're will, up in the trees. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably be hidden from it, I would, I would guess. I will turn my shifter to, to my shifter form. Okay. As a free action. I am nine <laughs> inches. And my pace currently will be at eight with my shifter. Um, uh, we will make it 10. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Now with that juicy change there, given that I will still be a bit up there, right? Because I'm, I will have to climb down the tree, right? Um, yeah, I would say that you're high enough up that if you want to jump down onto the ground, I'm going to need an athletics check. So yeah, Truka's going to because there is, I don't see other way to go. So Truco's going to jump down the tree because I'm quite I'm quite far from it. Hmm. I don't know if I want to hold my action there <laughs> because I, I don't you know. You got a joker, I, which means you can actually go at any point in time. At any point. So I will, I will hold my action. Yeah, sorry. So when you go, then is when you'll actually that, shift. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do see this kind of troll come out of the brush. He's got a rock that he has that he picks up, and he... Um, odds or evens, Russ? Odds are odds, so let's go even. He takes it, and he throws it at Torlin. Five actually misses. It's out of range. So this rock comes, like, crashing down next to you, Torlin, kind of like... You know, waking you out of your your little rockfall. Uh, Watch out! I'm guessing now I, I I would want to take my turn now that I see the troll. Sure. Which I, I wasn't able to before. Trigo will probably just climb down the tree and put himself like around here. Oh, I got to pause. Uh, Go ahead and move yourself. To Give me an athletics roll and throw a dagger. Yeah, that is a nine. Yep. No problem jumping down. Okay, I'm getting into this like bridge with a wood, like the, the trunk of a tree, right? 
and he will throw a dagger at the gloom troll. Now, given that I'm taking my action, I was hidden in the beginning of my action, whether we consider hidden for this attack or having the drop or having any sort um, of... Give me a stealth check. Okay. That is it's a seven sure. on the stealth check. You have the drop on it. Okay, excellent. I didn't declare multi-action, so I won't do that. Uh, so a single dagger at the head of the troll. Okay. Um, you have okay. plus four to attack, called shot to the head. And I have a plus four giving the Benny, no, a plus two giving the Joker, right? Yeah, we'll see if that applies on its own. So don't oh, add that. Okay. We'll see. Okay. And that what is something that is an eight. And that's what it would be a 10 because it did not include the Joker. It did not include, okay, so that would be a 10. Oh, man. That is a success with the raise. So, and I have a sneak attack now. Yes, you do. I add Uh, a a D6. Which is not accounted for in here, so just roll. This poor troll. Do the raise damage. Raise damage? Yeah. That is 14. 14. So also roll another d6 that aces. Jesus, these things have insane toughness. And that is a 9. So that would be a 23, right? Yeah, I think. Unless you're going to spend a penny on it. That's a 23. Ah, ah, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I'm, I'm, I mean, I have so many dice that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Oh, uh, actually. It's it did not include the damage for the headshot either. Oh, it didn't include. So that would be at 27. It was 27. I would keep that then. I wouldn't be so. Oh my gosh. <sighs> so, yeah. What happens here, Truco? Uh, so, I mean, inspired what Michael said, uh, probably Naruto style, Truco's <laughs> gonna just like tree landing uh, in the floor and just running with his hands <laughs> on the back towards the, the log of the water and then just throwing, throwing a quick knife really precise on the jugular the jugular that's how they said the 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 jugular yeah. jugular there you go of the troll and it goes with such intensity and it's such a like fine knife and at least well sharp well sharper that it's like gets inside the troll's neck blood spitting out and the thing falling on his back doing a bit thumb in the earth yeah, this, this spray of blood comes out and the troll just falls backwards down onto the ground. Give you Benny there for that description. And now it's now he's shocked for a moment. It was like seeing this troll coming and then all of a sudden the troll just drops and his eyes kind of go wide a little bit. Um, but he takes aim with his crossbow. Takes a shot unsuccessfully at the hound that's coming towards and now it is the hound's turn as it is uh charging right for russ i would like to play in it well never mind carry on <laughs> what okay i mean they are adventure cards you can play it whenever you want to <laughs> well this one's predicated on what i whispered you and i i will still also forgo playing it oh i missed the whisper so hope you've all spotted the name of this scaly hound Marty, a step ahead of you. <laughs> That's a nice What's prefix. your parry, Russ? Six. Six. It's not quite a raise. Why? Yeah, not quite a raise. Still does hit you, though. The hound just turns around and wants you to 
scratches yeah, jumps um jumps on you just sinking its teeth into you that's good for nine points of damage are you going to soak i will attempt to soak you should have a card now in the chat window that says soak hey ace on the d6 for nine you soak the wound you kind of like just it actually knocks you down to the ground which keeps it from sinking its teeth into you. Uh, you get lucky, but it's kind of over the top of you. We will say that you kind of knocked prone. Russ rolls out of it into like a three-point stance. And Slides to a stop. I've had it with all these three-point stances. <laughs> really bad on the knees. Poser. And uh, Dana, you are up next. As you yeah. kind of catch this all into your side of Russ getting attacked. I'm going to run to try to get to him because my pace is only six and I don't think that's enough to get there on my own. So um, I intend to do a few things. I intend to do a few things this turn, so let me lay it all out. I want to use martial flexibility to frenzy myself and I want to run to try to get to Russ and the Hound. I want to attack the Hound and um, if I'm also, if I'm able to get there, I want to cast Shield uh, Guardians Redirect on myself and Russ. So how would you like to resolve all that fun? Uh, yeah, so cast Guardians Redirect. Uh, but I want to do it on myself and Russ. So I think I, I need to run first and see if I can actually get to him. You don't need to run to get up to him. No? All right. Yeah. yeah, I'll be right there. Yeah, I just, uh, with you know, I've got my sword out in one hand. My other hand just goes, again, you know, right across Russ's chest and uh, mark off, I believe that's four power points for the both of us. No, that's three power points for the both of us. And yeah, then I'm going to use martial flexibility to frenzy myself as my dragon mark flares and those blue sparks fly up and attack the dog. Um, is the dog considered an extra? I need to know for the purpose of my adventure card. Don't normally let you know beforehand. It's an adventure card, though, so... Yeah, you can play your adventure card and I'll let you know if it works or not. <laughs> Alright, sure. We'll go that route. It's like the Albear situation. Sure. <laughs> it's an extra now, or it's a wild card now. So, will you read it out for us, Ali? Uh, it keeps disappearing. It disappears when I pass it, which is awkward. Uh, card is, I really hate these guys. So it's, oh, it says I have to use at the beginning of combat. Choose one specific, beginning of combat. And identical Choose one type specific of and identical type of extra. For the duration of the fight, all your attacks gain plus one D6 damage against them. I sure, want to go choose. full ham on this hound along with my frenzy. Sure. Roll your rapier attack. That's a two and a six. I'm gonna Benny that. That brings me up to a ten. To help. Nope, it's not. It's not additive. You have two attacks at a five and a five. Uh, but with frenzy, you can resolve them both against the same target. Both dice against the same target. Yeah, correct. But they're not additive. It's one attack at a five and another attack at a five. Not one attack at a ten. Okay, I'm gonna spend one more Benny. Yeah, I'll keep the seven and the four. The seven hits. Regular um, damage? Roll your raise damage because you get the plus six from your adventure card. After X. 
is a cool feature that I didn't know that there is a button that says add a d6 damage. On That's the... a nine, and I'm gonna bend it, it. There is? Yeah, there is. When you are the one using it, right? Uh, that's another nine, so uh, it wants yeah. me to have a nine, so I'm going to hold with nine. Uh, I rolled nine twice, just in different configurations. <laughs> so you bring your rapier in and swinging it into its face quite a bit, and, and it pulls back a bit uh, away from Russ. It is shaken. Okay. Yeah, that's my turn. Sounds like you're using now. Who's going to use Moira? Sure. Russ... Two diamonds, seven hearts, or four of clubs. Wow, those are all really bad. We'll just take the seven. You have a, a triple card now? I do. I have improved level-headed. Nice. Truco, you are first. Okay. I will... The Skelly Hound is... He just wants scritches. He's got... His skin <laughs> needs to friendly. be exfoliated. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go towards the Hound. Since it's the only threat right now, right? I don't see anything more in the facility, right? Not that you're aware of, no. Okay, so I will, yeah, approach the hound. Maybe not by the side of next to Roscoe there. I guess I can, given the distance. I will try to grapple the hound. You want to actually like, grapple it or using this as yeah. a test or support? Uh, I'm going to do... Be advised, it goes right after you. So if you use a, if you try and test it to like make it vulnerable, it's gonna go away. But you can distract it. Yeah, I'm gonna try and test and do a test and make him distracted. So um, we flavor like, and athletics to... role is grappling to to distract it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the hound is pretty big, so it's quite like like the size of a horse. I'm I'm imagining or something like small pony. Small pony. Okay, so I will try to like jump on it. Trying to with my arms running his uh, his head right. Uh, that will be athletics. Yep. That is a nine. And it needs to. Uh, that's agility. Ooh, that is uh, a success with a raise. Right. Do I roll from from the creative combat? Yep. The foe is shaken. Okay. It is already shaken, so creative combat does not incur another wound, but it All is right. distracted. That's your turn then, huh? Yes. It is going spiritual and shake. It does not unshake. I got bennies, I'm gonna spend a Benny to unshake it. And now it has a target rich environment. It is going after you, Truco. Bring it. It will wild attack. It doesn't know any better. Oh, and it is distracted. So there's minus two. So rolls a four. I uh, will spend one Benny to reroll that because I don't think a four is going to hit Truco. Five. I don't think beat your parry, does it? Parry's off uh, six. Well, not five, three. Yeah, it just wildly comes after you, you and you definitely dodge out of the way. I imagine he's like, like I don't know, trying to get me off of him and just like I'm maintaining the pseudo grapple. However, another one comes charging out of the brush, running up on Dana. Is there any other noise of trolls rumbling through the trees that we can hear? We'll find out. Make a notice check on your turn. Yeah. 
Oh, 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 no. For what it's worth, it has to subtract minus two from that attack roll, but... Yeah, and I would like yeah. to use my adventure car here, oh. please. Okay. Uh, which is not today. Uh, not today. today. Thanks, man. Uh, an attack today. gets instantly turned into a critical failure. Aww. All right. As this hound comes running up, it's misjudges the depth of the water as it kind of like jumps in and kind of like smashes into a bad footing and slides forward and slams into Dana instead of biting her. Um, <laughs> and he, so he gets shaken from that. Torlin, it is your turn. All right. Can I make that notice check? Sure. It's a two. I'll spend a penny on it. It's a three. Did you see the whisper I sent you? Uh, some time ago at the start of combat? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to let you spend a penny on that. That's not very, that's not common knowledge at all. Not even in. Fair enough. All right. Well, Moira's given me one of these flasks of oil, and I shall recollect that that troll might not be down for good. So it'll be best to run past these fellas and light the thing on fire. Sure. And what what shall I roll for that? I mean, is he, what, what's the troll look like? Is he still down on the ground there? Yeah, the troll is still down on the ground. All right, I will uh, light a fire on him. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen, so I'll just douse his left arm. Douse his left arm. Give me an athletics roll. You're trying to light a tinderbox under duress. So an athletics roll minus one. All right, that's a four. I'll keep it. Okay, you douse the oil down there, get your flint steel out and light it, and this horrible stench starts coming up of, you know, burning troll flesh. I thought we brought some torches. Uh, no, as far as I know, nobody had lit them yet. You just brought the torches. All right, fair enough. Well, I'll take a torch out and I'll light that. So I've got it ready. Well, you can do that next turn. You've already doused it with oil and lit it with flint and steel. Next round, you can do a light a torch. Okay. And what happens to the troll? Um, it's starting to burn. Stench of troll coming up and, and, and everything. It is not moving or anything. Russ. So Russ is prone. I'm going to spend two inches of movement to get back up. Yep. And maneuver to the other side of Truco here. And looks like we are perfectly lined up for a... Selective Thunder Wave. So Russ is going to pull out full from the back of his belt and call out full est. And we're going to drop a big old Thunder Wave on uh, these two doggos with the selective and the damage modifiers. Okay. Great. That hits both of them. And yeah, that would hit Torlin, so we're going to add Selective to it, make sure that it bends around him expertly. And that costs five power points. That's an ace on the D8 for a 15. I think I'm going to keep that. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to claim the free uh, re-roll. I don't feel like playing around <laughs> with fate today any more than I have. I mean, you already got the one critical failure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you have like less chances to get another one? That's how <laughs> statistics works, right? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Something like that. Now, that would be 4d6, 
if there's an option there for you to add a d6, then do that and hit Ray. Uh, do the raise damage with an extra d6. Let's, if not, we'll, we'll add that afterwards. We'll figure that out, yeah. Let's go ahead and just click on the raise damage. That's only going to be 3d6. So that's 14, and I'll just throw another d6 in here. That can ace. Oh, I see where it shows up now. If you click up, click open the default, right, where it lists out the details of it, across the top, there's the shield, the scroll, and there's a plus D6. Yes, that one. Plus click D6. on the plus D6. Let's see what happens. More icons on black. Oh. Um, well, I added the D6. That gave you 15. Do you want to spend a Benny on it or keep it? I'll keep that. I think that I think 15 is pretty, pretty respectable. Good for two wounds. And that says I spent two power points. I need to add three more to that. So Russ is down to 10 power points. It connects with them solidly and just kind of like shatters some bone in them and whatnot. And it seems to take them out. Great. That's all my movement. That's my action. So Russ is spent this turn. All right. Moira and Unau can roll notice checks. I'll take Unau's. That's a two. Three and no. Sure say. That's a three. They don't have any bennies to spend. She sees over in this direction, though, she sees uh, something's crashing through the brush <laughs> over across the river. All right. She'll fire a crossbow bolt in that direction. She's had it the ready. Watch out, Rescal! And it's probably at a minus. She doesn't really know. Yeah, you're mine. Minus of range and uh, for cover as well, so. Yeah. Uh, and she'll just move up next to Ruskell and take out okay. a, a cutlass and have it at the ready. That's it. What's now doing? Now's going to go on uh, Overwatch, hold his action. Okay. Dana? This hound between Means and Torlin, what's its status? They're down on the ground. They got crushed somewhat by Ruskell's thunder wave. Yeah, I'm going to... Oh, my PowerPoints are in such a bad, awkward situation right now. You're in a presentation? Nothing. Sorry? Nothing. Go ahead. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah I, now I got it. I have no idea what you just said. Pa- um, PowerPoints, presentation. That's mer- like, mer- uh, yeah. All right. Man. Sorry, I have wow. to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never uh, explained a joke. Yeah. Sure, okay. Well, if Moira, you know, shot off in one direction, did she call out that, or anyone call out that she was shooting off into the woods? She shot off in this direction over the, over this way. I'm going to uh, move around then to position myself at the forefront, um, slap down another redirect on her for two power points, and burn a Benny as my mark flares to life and they are fu- fully refreshed. Okay. See, that's that's a bonus action, so... What's this bonus action you speak of? What's that? What's this bonus action you speak of? Uh, it's something I read in a book once. Foreign language. <laughs> you know, I'm bilingual, so... i give you a Benny for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to support... Russ, um, for his next turn, yelling out, whatever she's shooting at there, she's going to need support. Persuasion roll? Yeah. That's a two, and I'm going to take my free reroll for charismatic. That's a five good for one 
point of support for Rust, and that's my turn. Sure. And out of the brush comes running another troll. And he is not able to get quite close to you all. So, um, see with Dana being in the forefront, he just like opens his mouth and just lets out this huge bellow uh, at you. He is uh, doing a test, an intimidation test. Oh, two. I'm going to spend a penny on that. You can do better than that. He's got a D10 and a three. That is not a success. You have another penny. I know. It's a record right there. <laughs> yeah, now he's on hold. He's going to move six inches. That puts him within 10. He's going to take a shot with the crossbow real quick. Sure. That's just a three, and he has no Benny, so uh, it misses. And I'd, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to add for flavor, when the troll, troll roared at Dana and she just stared back without flinching, just stares back and, and goes... Right. We'll kill this one, too. Russ, three clubs, ten of clubs, or eight of hearts? Ten of clubs, please. I see a joker. And Dana's got a joker. Nice. Draw a new card for now. Okay. Dana's got a joker. No, what's up with that? Moira's uh, nice. got a queen. And now he's got a jack. Russ with a ten. A twirling with an eight. Truco with a six. I'm going to spend my Benny and get a better card, because that puts him at the very bottom. Screw that. Oh, great. Six of spades. <laughs> Not any better at all. Wow. Same position. Oof. Wow. All right. Well. All right. I am going to act first with my Joker. Apparently, I have some forgotten Alchemist's Fire in my inventory, so that's nice. I'm going to multi-action this one. Yeah, I'm going to get use most of my movement to get near the troll, chuck an alchemist's fire at it, and then come in and take a swing. Okay. I mean, I mean, there's a certain point where, you know, why not just walk right up to it, smash in its face <laughs> and stab it? Let's go for broke. Sure. So, uh, yeah. How you an athletics yeah. roll to throw the alchemist's fire. Is it a throw if I'm right up beside it in its face? It's good. Yeah, it's going to be an athletics roll. Oh, wait. Are you, actually, are you saying you want to smash it on its face? Yeah. Well, I mean, your athletics and fighting are the same, aren't they? They are. So really doesn't make that much of a difference. Uh, forward, do you want to keep it? Spend a penny? You do have to beat its parry. Yeah. I'd forgotten that before I made it a melee attack. Um, yeah, I'll spend a penny. I mean, you could argue that she's still that's drawing it right that's an because eight i'm gonna hold with the eight for the nice. alchemist's fire that hits all right the alchemist fires that's a seven on the alchemist's fire no that would have been the roll to hit you need to roll the damage i thought I that was the damage, damage. <laughs> now on that card that just came up roll the uh regular damage because you did not get okay that is a two which good thing that was a damage roll <laughs> you think that was a damage roll i mean for me the issue isn't is that it combusts or not unless there's something that i didn't understand with my 10 uh, with my 10 roll to know how okay. to fight a troll it lights up on fire it's just doing two points of damage do you want to keep it or yeah assuming okay. i got what i need from that 10 on the knowledge roll 
I'm gonna keep the two because I just need to light it on fire and then I'm gonna stab it. Roll your rapier attack. Yep. And you are multi-actioning, so make sure it's you click a, that. It's a wash because of the Joker. Huh. But that's a four and a three. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Benny that damage. That's a four and a six. I'm gonna hold it. Okay, the six connects. Go ahead and roll regular damage. It's an ace and another oh, ace and another ace, and that is a twenty-three that's a damage. Number. Uh, so what does this look like? It looks like me, who is in her own way on fire with the Guardians redirect Dennis <laughs> blue fire swirling around me, driving my rapier into the top on one side of this troll who is on fire with orange alchemist fire and slashing it, dragging it straight down from its shoulder down to the bottom of its gut on the opposite side. It's a bit messy. Sure. Nice job, Dana. Yeah. I have my moments. And we will say, Russ, give me a notice check. There's another crit fail. Boom, baby. <laughs> the champion returns. Rick Luckily, and I were right, Russ. Your your head's not right. We need to talk. Torlin, now you he'll can get to scolding. <laughs> you can give me a notice check, Torlin. It's not a oh, scolding. God. I tried to be nice to him last week. Torlin's about to get the drop on him. A five. So you kind of turn around. You notice that this hound here next to Ruskell, you can actually see... Whereas moments ago, like the head was kind of shattered and at an odd angle and stuff like that, you can see it kind of starting to shift and reform and come back to a normal position. Oh God, they're troll dogs. Nothing and, like uh, a hot dog. Given that, since you have a torch on fire now, you, you can have an opportunity to set it on fire as well. Is it my turn? Uh, we're kind of out of turns now. They- uh, Okay. All right, I'll go around doing doing the deed. Uh, I, I'm giving you enough opportunity. They didn't succeed on the rolls to regenerate this turn, so they weren't coming up this turn, but uh, you would have noticed that wounds started stitching themselves together and stuff. You had enough time to figure that out and take care of them. <sighs> such a such a convenient ability they have. I heard of some of my people that have the same, you know? Really? Yeah, oh, I have Do I see or hear anything else coming out of the brush? Give me notice checks. It's a five I'm holding. Anybody else can uh, make a notice check as well? No. Dana, you just took down a... <laughs> yeah, except, except for Russ. Come on, Come <laughs> on. I'm noticing that Dana just took down a creature like ten times her size. Yeah, that was quite a... I mean, she Bottom ran up to anyways. him. Oh, it's an ace. On the D6 or an 11. So, Dana, you don't hear like any other like sounds of crashing or movement through the brush or notice any anything happening. Uh, Torlin, over kind of in this area, you hear some very light, ragged breathing. Not monstrously ragged, but just, you know, some sort of human, humanoid creature with some ragged breathing. Lyra, get your crossbow at the ready. Advance. Torlin what do you will, see, Torlin? Torlin will start marching off into the, the brush there. I'm going to get to Torlin as fast as I can. Come up the yeah, side. You guys can converge pretty easily. Amongst the brush, you find 
you know, body that seems uh, that the ragged breathing is coming from. It's uh, Zell from uh, the logging crew, badly wounded and hurt. We don't have a medicine kit, do we? Not anymore. Can I say that I, like, start ripping some pieces off my shirt to do, like, a little compression for a, an untrained medicine roll? I'll assist. Sure. Give me an untrained healing roll. I actually am trained in healing. Mind if I support as well? All right. Okay. Rolling support. Yeah, Truga's going to help, too. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind safe. But... A five for... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. 14, that's three aces on the D4 for healing uh, for a 14. Plus three. Okay. So make a healing roll, Dana, at plus three. At plus three, okay. Well, plus one if you're untrained. Well, the untrained automatically has the minus two. Uh, That's an ace on the D4, and that gets me to a six. Yeah, you apply some compresses and stuff like that. You can tell Zell is uh, really hurt, but alive. You know, if you get if you get him back to the camp, probably should be able to survive. Hopefully, yep, that's the goal to uh, to get him up, and we and we carry him back. Russ and Torling can give me notice notice checks as well. Notice. Thought that was going to be another crit fail, and I was about to oh, Benny, throw my monitor out a window. That's uh, ace. <laughs> On the D4 for a six. I think Russell gets a four. We'll hold that. You kind of look around nearby and you do find the body of Firth uh, as well. Firth's body is mangled enough. It seems to have been been made a meal for the trolls. So it it is very clear that he has not survived. With that, you guys head back to Rickety's. Yeah, Truco was uh, the whole time was, was taking out his knife from the troll and asking out loud, those trolls have hordes of, or they are not that type? Do you, they be thinking like of like a, you might be thinking of like an Oni if like they have horns. No, hordes, uh, no, a hordes. A horde oh, of, oh, like, hordes. <laughs> shouting from the distance. Uh, I don't think trolls have hordes. I mean, if they oh. do, that's like a, that's like a personal thing for them. But I, I don't think that's a, like a common, like dragons do, you know? Oh, right. All right. Oh, that's quite clever, Truco. But if you have time to talk, you got time to move quicker with that body. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just think of it. I mean, it's like it's got stuck in here. Like, at least it's like I do get out his knife. We fashioned a little travoy to carry him. All right. And we will end it there for this session. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show. We will be back here next week. And with that... I'm Ellie, haven't played Dana. I'm Michael Torlin. I'm still with Truco. And I'm Kevin playing Roscoe. Stop it. And I'm still your dungeon master, Philip. Have a good night. Night, everybody. Good night. Night. That Roscoe is getting like Frencher in French. What was everybody's star moment of the night? I mean, I would say the, the like intimidation fail check from the troll that with the follow-up of just Dana going towards him and just like one-shotting the thing. That was a quite pace of action.
if I put it in my head, imagining it. Also with the detail that, that uh, Ellie mentioned of the like the whole glowing thing with the mark. Three of us had the drop on ourselves and nobody <laughs> died. That's my highlight right there. And I wouldn't have had enough bennies in my pocket to pull off what I did with that troll if Ernesto hadn't used his adventure card sparing Dana from taking four wounds in one blow. So I'm gonna, that's going to have to be my favorite moment. That was a cool one. And also Truco's little uh, Naruto drop thing. <laughs> I mean, you, you said it. So don't I know to... how to, else to describe it. Yeah. There's a cute little moment when Torlin cuffed Truco and he's like, ah, spot where Owlbear got me. It was just a fun little fun little callback yeah, that yeah. we keep we keep bringing up the the fights between Truco and Owlbear and it's just not going well. Also yeah, just which always is... Truco explaining things to Owlbear is always going to be a joy. Yeah. And also I would say it's a weird thing to have like a staging fight like every night the same two fighters going against each other. But I'm guessing that's still like a fun thing for it's like it's like an inconsistency that I love. <laughs> I guess moments I, I liked Truco's and Albert's moments. I mean, they are, I'm with you there, Russ. They're they're always a gem. Those moments. I was hoping for a therapy session, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I actually thought this was going to be a tough combat, and because of acing rolls, you guys just <laughs> mowed right through them. So it's kind of a neat way to show what some people refer to as the swinging nature of combat and savage worlds. Which I kind of like that. <laughs> 